<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of the Longkang Kitties Podcast. Uh, this is me, Dan, a good citizen. To my left is Jerry. <laughs> Jerry is busy texting into his, into his phone. <laughs> John. Hello, everyone. I'm not going to meow. <laughs> okay. And Angie. Meow. Hello, everybody. And uh, we are glad to have you with us. Today, we have a very, very, very special guest. Mysterious guest. Our guest. <laughs> our guests are always people who are, are interesting, right? People who uh, are outliers in Singapore. Then can you just cut the phone? Yeah, okay. Can you just go on <laughs> just... and, and let our guest Okay, okay, okay. Do Ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you Dr. Chi Soon Juan. Yes, uh, uh, first of all, I just want to thank you for having me here and b- wanting to go along with the flow. I think I very say also say a very big meow to all your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's good to be here, albeit on a Sunday morning. Uh, it, I just want to be able to get out into uh, among Singaporeans and, and, and just have a nice uh, conversation with everyone. So thanks again for having me here. You will definitely have so a welcome. good conversation here, sir. Yes. <laughs> with us. Looking, That's all we're good at, actually. <laughs> you have already performed two miracles today. Uh, first of all, you got these three jokers out of their beds on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. second thing is the, they're actually on time. <laughs> uh, they're not on time for the coming up to set up. They're on time for the recording. So, I'm contacting hey, the Pope right I away. Was, I was on time <laughs> for the setup, okay? Okay. So we're going to get you to send food immediately. Yeah, so you, you were talking about like doing your walkabout and stuff uh, because we kind of all know that the GE is coming, right? Um, and it tends to be announced very abruptly. Yeah. How do you guys kind of work around it? Like, is there any contingency plans or do you have already activation? Yeah, the only way to to really circumvent this problem is to start way, way ahead so that you put everything that you're able to do before the uh, um, elections are called, that that you've got it at least nailed already. Uh, And and then there are things, of course, you cannot do until the the elections are uh, um, announced, especially when when the, the boundaries are announced because we don't know... Um, whether a constituency is going to be part of a GRC or a single seat, that kind of thing. So everything that we can do beforehand, we've gotten it uh, done already. And that took us some, sometime in the middle of next year when we started planning, you know, starting with um, strategizing, you know, your message that needs to go out, what are the important issues that you think voters are, are concerned about. So all these things that need to be done, we've uh, tried to get it done. And then anything that's upcoming... For example, if in the event that the Prime Minister actually dissolves, uh, announces boundaries, and they've done it before, and then gives us a very short period. In 2001 elections, they gave us one day. They announced the boundaries, and then the following day, they dissolved Parliament. So what do you do then? Then you've got your, your constituencies, and you've got posters to print, and then uh, uh, flyers to, to distribute. You just cannot get all these things done. So I'm hoping that Mr. Lee Shen Long this time around uh, will not get into such levels and, and give a decent amount of time for parties to uh, to get their, their our preparation up. Yeah. We hope Mr. Lee Shen Long listens to this podcast and yeah. uh, yeah, here's, like, your, Long, here's your wish. Don't play cheat, Lee Shen Long. You must take it easy, you know. Chill, yeah, you know. chill a bit. <laughs> la, chill a bit. Give them punk chance a bit, la, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Chi, is Danny the democracy bear making a comeback this election? Oh yes, for sure. I mean, oh, wonderful. I, I think he 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 caught a cold for about a couple of years, 
so had to to get some recovery uh, um rest and so we were, were getting uh, him back but he's fully charged and ready to go yes he, he is he's all, all ready to 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 make 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 a show again so we were glad but it's funny how how the opposition is always seen to be this very kind of dangerous shadowy you know if not then a, a whole group of buffoons and, and fly by night operation and and we said no that this must change you see so we sat around and i remember it was a food court and we started and then some of the the our younger members said hey look why don't we think of a, a little mascot for the sdp and then we just started kicking ideas about and then this idea of this bear came about and, you know how bears a little cuddly and and, and lovable and then we just, you know, came up with an image and went to get a costume for it. And it's worked out very well. Little kids just love him to death and then they'll come up and then we'll give up sweets. And mm-hmm. So it's worked out. I think... Yeah, now, now we can... Oh, forgive me for interrupting you, man, but we can segue straight into this because I'm just always very curious about this. You see, it is very well known that the opposition is heavily vilified and demonized in Singapore, right? Like, I'll be very honest with you, sir, and please do not take offense. When I was, when I was a kid, when I was a secondary for... I'm, I'm 36 this year. I, I legit thought you were you were crazy. So. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to the club. There's a huge. You got to take a number and stand in line. No, but that that's been the way that it is. I I I say this very you know very honestly as well because years ago during those dark ages when we didn't have the internet, right, and it was just this one way street that the PAP could fill uh, um the the slate. And, and say anything that they wanted to say about you with, with you just completely unable to correct what uh, um, they were portraying of, of the opposition in general and me in particular. And you do it once, you know, a year and so on and so forth. That's still okay. But when you start dragging it for years and decades even, um, that creates this whole mindset that I'm still having to, right, to battle right, with. Right. But as I say, you know, if I had a dollar for every time someone came up to me and say, I didn't know you were not like that, and uh, that you were portrayed very, uh, uh, um, and that, you know, there's all the wrong image, I'd be as rich as the ministers. So. You wouldn't have to worry about the bankruptcy, right? Yeah. And, and that, that was a huge problem as well, because at that time, trying to raise funds, even to fight the case. Yeah. To, to, you know, to get a, a lawyer to represent you, uh, uh, that's been tremendously difficult. I remember during the days of, uh, um, the late JBJ, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it was a huge problem for him. And he was constantly under this, uh, um, threat of, uh, bankruptcy. And it just took his time entirely away. And, and, but he, he, my gosh, that, that guy showed some fight in him. And I have tremendous respect for him. But in the today's context, you've got fun, uh, what do you call that? Crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. Yes. A- and you can go out and appeal for funds. And, and that has made a huge difference. I've actually know, always wondered uh, what would happen if JBJ existed in our time when there is the internet and he could have had a lot more support. Yeah, it was, it was very unfortunate that he passed away just when um, social media came into existence and started kind of v- being very pervasive in the political scene. So, I again, you know, I, I've seen him work and, and how much constraints we were experiencing and I, I just wish he was alive today to continue the, the battle. But, well, it, it's not... I think he, he did his part and we stand on his shoulders and the others as well as we climb ever closer towards our goal of, of, of bringing democracy to our, our country. How do you think the game has changed now that with social media and the internet 
in terms of the political scene in Singapore? Nine and day, heaven and earth. You you pick your your. Uh, uh, I mean, what what would you impressive. what would you say is like the single greatest change that maybe you didn't you didn't expect, or maybe what is the single greatest challenges that you fe- you you face in in today's terms? I I think if, if there is this one factor, it'll still have to be the social media to be able to reach out to younger Singaporeans like you guys like that. Uh, in the past, it would have been impossible. I just imagine one video goes up, somebody can just watch it on their their phone, you know. As I said, if I had to name one single factor that has changed the political scene, the landscape, significantly, it, it would have to be this. You know, that said, we're still not out of, out of the woods. Uh, we still have a huge mountain to climb, if only because the PAP then is now uh, um, also getting very smart in, in, in using the um, social media. But they do it in a very... They're using state resources. If you look at some of the, the, the ads that are going out and you just, you know, you're on YouTube, or whatever, you see some ads, they're all government run, you see, and they feature all these people very prominently. And then you see the, the posters that they have, you know, festive greetings, Hari Raya, Christmas, Pavali, that kind of thing. It's all state unfunded. So, you know, we're up against uh, uh, some a uh, huge behemoth and, and, but I don't think it's, they, they cannot be overcome. Only if, only if we, we, we get the word out and, and Singaporeans get into the act um, of, of, of making sure that at least we have this level playing field. Would you say that social media has made people more aware of like the opposition politicians? Uh, and, and does it actually rally them to do something as opposed to just passively watch content on their phones? Like, do you notice like a bigger turnout at your rally? For sure. For sure, okay. yes. I, 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 that, that, that's, uh, the participation has been a lot more forthcoming. Um, just to give you one, one example, during elections when we asked for, we called for uh, volunteers to come up. I remember in 1997, we had, you know, 20, 30 people say, hey, we're here um, to be a polling agents, so they'll put us to work, that kind of thing. And that, that, Sea change came in the 2011 elections uh, when we had hundreds, close to a thousand people just coming up and, and, and signing up. You just compare, do a quick, you know, a, a comp- comparison with numbers. And, you know, our, the, the volunteers were all snaking outside of our office wanting to register. And that I, I attribute to, again, um, the, the social media just, just coming and us being able to uh, just even get the word out to Singaporeans and then they begin to see hey you know opposition they, they make sense too right it's not like what you know the PAP says they are and, and that made a huge difference though. going back to okay like I think 2011 election was like, like a very electrifying one for many reasons I remember going to almost all the rallies mm-hmm. uh, and, and chasing all these things and you know the the, the, the feeling in the air was so electric right yes. and then we uh there were huge gains made but then following that in the 2015 elections right or yeah. was it 2016 2015 elections thanks to someone's passing and all the stuff that was shown on tv like people crying and whatever there was a you a know resurgence, are they? resurgence. Kind, of yeah, kind of bounce back uh. yeah, yeah yeah like the the results at the poll were extremely disappointing especially for me because i was really hoping for a better result and that was just me as a voter. I don't know how, like, can you maybe tell us how it feels like to go through 
all the work that you've put in and then see the results and and really what keeps you going. Because I was kind of like, you know what, fuck you Singaporeans. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the one thing that, that, you know, in this line that we're in, you've got to cast your, your goals further ahead. It cannot be an immediate gratification kind of a, a thing because you, you know what we're up against. And, and you focus on your goal. And your goal is to one day bring democracy to Singapore. And that cannot be achieved overnight, over one election. Uh, it's got to be this, this long drawn out process of educating Singaporeans. And you're not up against an, a, a very passive opponent. They're actively trying to thwart. You know that the, then they'll come up with, with laws to, to choke the internet. Pothmise is, is one of them. And then they'll start playing around the, 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 the tricks with the constituencies and so on and so forth. So you've got to, to lock yourselves in into, uh, into, into thinking that this is got to be a more long-term effect. And then, if you get into that mode of thinking, then, uh, you know, one single election is not going to make that that change there. And you've got to be resilient. Now, look, change. Significant change has never been easy. You look at changes in the world. Uh, things have taken decades. You measure it in, in, in decades, not years. Mahatma Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King Jr., any, anything. You know, and, and you look at some of the, the changes around here in Asia, in Taiwan, Korea, even in Malaysia, Indonesia. All these changes have taken decades. So look, we're, we're in this fight for the, the soul and heart of this nation. Uh, whatever happens, we mm-hmm. must, we must stick with the job and, and continue. And if I don't succeed, you lay the work for future generations, people like you who are going to take up the fight, as have people like Lim Chin Siong. When they fought against the, the colonialists, they laid down the, the, the foundation and then JB came along. Uh, they may not have reached their goal, but they certainly didn't fail. It's just when you stop trying, when you stop working towards your goal, then that's when you, you fail. Dr. Chi, the, the words that you use, uh, uh, fight, struggle, all these words are, uh, are words that I, I come across often when I read about these political circumstances that happened in the past. But for some reason, for me personally, I see, I see it not just as a fight, but a way of, um, I think there's a third party involved, and that's the, the citizens themselves. Like, the youth of this nation, right, is, is, is very different from the youth in which you grew up in. People, because of, of our education system, because of the various circumstances, our youth are very apathetic, right? So right now, oh, I mean, what, what do you have to say to that? If I was a youth and I'm like, why? Why do I need to care about politics? Why do I need to, uh, you know, care about democracy? Everything okay, right? Why, why, why make so much fuss? Or what, what, how would you respond sure. to it? I mean, the, the situation is such that the world has changed and is continuing to change at a pace unlike before. If we're going to be in this mode, which the best word that comes to mind is complacent. Hey, everything is all right. What? You, you know, what, what's the, what's the big deal? You know, my life still goes along and, and every day I still go to, to whatever that I want to do. So what's the big deal? And I'm saying it will come back very quickly and kick you in the backside if we're not really paying attention. And I, I, I say this simply because just let me give you a very, very good example. You look at what's happening in South Korea. They were in the throes of, you, you know, their own difficulties, political difficulties. But once when they made a sharp turn and, and make that decisive decision uh, um, turn to become more democratic, you look at what's happening today. And I just read uh, on CNN, I think, 
uh, Samsung, the whole entire campus, they're so locked into innovation, artificial intelligence, and they're leading the way together with Japan and so on and so forth. And you look at us. We're still, our economy is still very much stuck in the past. Uh, where we produce very little that the world wants to buy. All we are doing is servi- servicing multinationals and the billionaires of this world just by writing laws that, that will facilitate their relocating and bringing their, their, their uh, funds, money here into Singapore. Now, looking ahead, are we going to be able to be competitive with some of these other economies where the whole emphasis is on innovation and creativity? And I can tell you, as I said before, um, it'll come back to bite us if we're not careful. And we're measuring that in years already. I also read, uh, and this was uh, said by none other than DBS itself, Vietnam, in 10 years' time, its economy will surpass ours. And what are you going to do? Continue to, to keep wages low so that you can bring a foreign PMET ETs here already? And I dare say there's a segment of younger Singaporeans that you just mentioned that are hurting because they cannot find meaningful jobs. And they are turning to driving private hire vehicles. I don't mean that that's bad or, or not a decent way of making money, but you talk about being able to progress. And, and, and in, ter- in personal terms, your career development. You've got to be very wary of what's going on right now. So I, I hope my message to younger Singaporeans is that, that please, you've got to wake up right now before it is really too late. Because even if we change tomorrow, let's say everything falls into place, you, you know that that whole shift in our mind, mentality, in our political culture, in our mindset will take years, if not generations. To it's you just don't uh, snap your fingers and everything just transforms overnight. Like and that's why I say I, I ask Singaporeans if it's only for your own sake, self enlightened interest. Like, wake up, wake up. It, 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 we are at the crossroads, and my our generation is going to very quickly become passe already. But for you guys, you've got your whole whole future ahead of you and generations to come. I watched a video uh, of you giving a speech at your old alma mater recently. I think it was ACJC. ACS, yeah. ACS, sorry. Yeah. And you were talking about how your education didn't allow you to watch injustice, right? And then let it happen. And how your your education doesn't allow you to uh, just let all these things go by, right? Uh, like the lack of democracy in Singapore and so on and so forth. And I was, I was wondering what was it different about your education that you got in ACS that the rest of your cohort perhaps didn't get? Because you're like the only person, <laughs> you're the only person who's like actually stood up and tried to make a difference, right? I, I guess it's the same reason as why you guys are here this morning. On a Sunday morning, there are many other things that you can be doing rather than sitting in a studio with me and, and talking about these issues. And what makes that, that person tick and want to say, Hey, look, I've got to stand up and say something that is, 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 is in the realm of, of um, psychology that I think is beyond this morning's conversation. But it's just it's important to, to note that for me, at least to, to recognize that in every one of us, Sometimes it takes an event, an occasion, a happening to really trigger off that sense of justice, that sense of right and wrong. And I, I believe with my old schoolmates, there, there, there is this thing dormant as it is. 
repressed, suppressed as it is. Was there a single trigger point for you? Because you like, you've been in for yeah. a pretty long time, right? Like 27 years. Th- that, that's a good question. And it was a strange. I was in the 70s and I was still in my, my teens. And that was before I went into NS. And there was this thing called the Graduate Mother Scheme. If yes. you remember. Yes, I do. I just found that so absolutely repugnant mm-hmm. that they said that women who have university degrees are considered uh, intelligent, graduate mothers, right? Uh, and then they can have should have more children somehow because you know the genes or your your, your smart genes will be passed on and so on and so forth and I just thought there was something which I could not accept my mother was of course not a graduate and I'm the third child and so if that law had gone through I would not have Mm -hmm. existed so but that that was just not you know something that motivated me it was just this whole idea that somehow society cannot go on this way and I, I, I just felt it bothered me for a long time. Then after that, I remember writing at that time to um, Straits Times Forum. And then I got a call from the editor saying, but that because at that time they wanted to confirm your your identity. And I was I remember that time I was N, doing my NS already. And then I got shocked. And then they, they said, oh, we need your identity. And, 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 and that's not the my my uh, best moment. But I, I, I was very afraid. And I didn't want to, to give my identity, so the letter was never published. In any case, after that, I, I went overseas and I studied, and that whole idea never went away. And I came back, you know, it was already 1990s already, early 1990s, and, and the whole thing had not changed. And I just said, oh, look, enough was enough. And at the time, we weren't married yet, but May and I, we started talking. And then in the end, and she said, look, rather than let it eat you up, do something about it. And then the rest, as they say, is history. Have you ever regretted anything? Like getting, I mean, you could have had a very cushy job, like being a lecturer at NUS and, you know, all these things, but you've gone to jail, you've been arrested, you have had your name smeared. Uh, is there anything you regret or would yeah, have done? Let, let me interject, let me interject. Dr. Chi, in a multiverse, if you believe in a multiverse, there is a Dr. <laughs> Chi Sun Juan right now. Okay. He is teaching in NUS. Uh-huh. Okay. He's got tenure. Okay, yeah. so he's like a really cushy life and he's got a couple of cars and, and May is uh, living the high life. You meet this Dr. Chi through a mirror or something along those lines. What would you say to him? You know, <laughs> I, I think, I, I really think I'd be lying if I didn't say that sometimes, you know, when I, you come to traffic lights and you see that guy driving this nice big car, you know, with all the modern gadgets and say, that I didn't think, you know, that maybe if I had gone a different route, I would have enjoyed all these creature comforts. Huh? But then you, you, you catch a hold of yourself and you say, would I be happier if my life was that way? And then I, I catch myself and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with, uh, not happy, happy as in, oh, you know, my gosh, I'm jumping up and clicking my heels, that kind of thing. But there is a sense of gratification and reward that you know, you know at least I know my goal, what it is, and it cannot be measured in, in, in the size of my bank account, the car that I drive. And these are values that I, I hold dear and that, you know, and more important than, as I said, all these creature comforts and financial clout that I have, that I want to impart all these values to my children. And by my children, I mean, you know, the younger generation that I think treasures to me that are far, far more important than anything that this 
as I said, this material world can, can provide. As I said, it doesn't mean that I don't sometimes do be, you know, get into a wistful mode and think that, hey, you know, wouldn't it be nice to have all these little things, a bigger house where my kids can just have just a bit more room, so on and so forth. But then, you know, you think there are more important things in life. In an ideal Singapore where democracy has been achieved, what would you be doing? Ah, that, that, that's a fantastic question. I've always, and I still long to get back into academia. That's, mm. that's my, my first love. And I was trained in it. And, and that the, being able to, to straddle between research and teaching, that was a world that I, I really enjoyed. And in research, it's not coming to the office nine to five and, and going through the same uh, mundane um, work. You are, you are discovering things, you're, you're making the, the world better. And, and, and that was something which I, I um, looked for every day when I... So if this, at some point, you know, in the past, if things had really changed, I would have tried to, to get back into academia again and do what I did. And, and then to think of that, you know, you, you have sabbatical and then just being able to interact with some of the greatest minds in the world, that was something I really treasured. Look at, look at the situation from, let's say, my point of view. Yeah. So I'm a businessman here in Singapore. I'm very comfortable with the status quo. But I also, what you said just now, where, you know, that you, where you see young adults just slogging in this, um, you know, this freelance economy with no, no safety net, uh, no safety net because their jobs are taken away by uh, foreigners. And I've said it on this podcast before where I think that there's really too much foreigners in Singapore. So, I'm caught in this in-between realm, right? I'm very comfortable with the status quo now. But I also see the injustice and the lack of care for our own citizens. So what would be your message to people such as myself? Well, well the one thing is really never to uh, look at the world just from your point of view. Because it's just one small little bubble that you are uh, um, looking at and experiencing. And if all of us do that, I can tell you this, this society will go to the dogs, right? More and more, you know, you know that we are interconnected, that we cannot, no man is an island unto himself, right? Or herself. And, and this is where I want to caution everybody that, you know, we have a political system where everybody then contributes into, correct? And you make sure that all of us know what the issues are. And some of these issues just don't pertain to you yourself uh, um, and and your 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 immediate family. It really looks at society, doesn't it? So you say I'm sitting here comfortably in my office. What do I have to worry about that ape or um who who is pushing this car? You know, struggling to make they they, they literally sell things that the cardboard just to pay for their lunch and then their dinner, go to sleep, end of the month, see they can rustle up enough money to pay rent. That's all. That's all they do. And many of them, 70s, 80s, I see them on a daily basis. And it's a very dangerous position, physically dangerous position, position where they're actually pushing carts right in the middle of the road. Now, then you ask, but why do I do care about them, isn't it? And I say, I, I've used this word, compassion. A world that's devoid of compassion is a world devoid, devoid of humanity. You try to live in a world like that. I don't want to be live in a world like that because at, if it comes to that point, where all of us just look after ourselves and juggle ourselves. There is no society. No society means no nation. No nations means no global community. And I dare anyone, I dare anyone to dream of a society like that and live in it. 
You cannot. There is absolutely no way. And that's why I keep, I keep asking younger Singaporeans to think beyond your, what, what, you know, next time I don't know what you guys think, think beyond your handphone. Think beyond Starbucks. Right? Think beyond your next visit to the restaurant and really care about others around us. That's the only way that we can make society succeed. And by, if society succeeds, it means all of us succeed and we live in a better world. Previously, we had a topic where we were talking about how democracy is actually really fragile. The notion of free expression, freedom of speech, the freedom to choose your leader, so and so forth, is actually very difficult to maintain, not just by the ruling party, but also by the citizens. It's so much easier for all of us to just kick back and say, well, let someone else take care of it. Do, do you think at some point where there's something that we have to do to jolt the system a little bit, to make sure that people understand that, hey, you know, all these things we should not take for granted. We should not wait to the point where things get really, really bad and then we decide to do something. Yeah, I, I, and unfortunately, human beings are always that. The nature uh, it is always that, you know, we, we tend to leave things as they are really bochap until things really become bad. Then, you know, uh, um, it, it starts to, to unravel and you see what's happening around the world. You begin to see it. Uh, you begin to, to realize that's not an option. Uh, and this is why I'm saying, you know, we've got to freedom of speech, freedom of expression as much as, you know, during the general elections, we don't make it uh, um, a, a top priority to make sure Singaporeans don't really care too much about it and understand what it is. The majority of Singaporeans at least. Nevertheless, that really forms the core, isn't it, of how society works. And, and I'm saying even like, for example, on issues uh, on like cost of living, which, you know, Singaporeans across the board, right, are very concerned about. Um, your, 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 your foreign PMETs coming in or the fact that your housing um, is, is so unaffordable right now. Now, mind you, without your political rights, without your ability to speak up, without the ability to get representatives in the parliament to tell the government, hey, look, maybe we should moderate this policy here, there, and, and other. Without these political rights, you can't have your uh, economic, you can't, you don't have economic rights. That's what I'm saying. There are two sides of the same coin. You cannot bifurcate. You cannot separate the two. Having said that, um, how do you then, uh, like what you said, uh, jolt Singaporeans into uh, uh, coming alive and being more aware. Look, there is no magic formula. Now. It always necessi- necessitates a small group of Singaporeans continue to be vocal, continue to be committed to the idea of, of making sure that we have just a, a little bit more leeway in terms of our political rights. And then that catches on and that there is a trigger point. And if you look at you know, sociological studies, psychological studies, it always has a necessity that small group continuing to plug away, be very determined, never give up, be like that bulldog when you start, when you bite, you hang on for dear life and you don't let go. Slowly, with the, the with, with, with the time, uh, the, the rest will catch on. And I say, don't be discouraged because you look again at history. It's always been like that. Our time will come. And I think it's beginning to change right now already. So, you know, there's this small... Uh, um, um, affair, this podcast. It all contributes to the process. What we do a little, don't get discouraged because it doesn't bear fruit in the next week or the next month. It all accumulates and it all adds up. 
You've had a lot of experience, right, uh, with with the censorship and all that stuff in Singapore. And I, I was just wondering if you feel like it's getting better or getting worse. Because previously, we we like you said, we don't have social media. We couldn't mm. like you couldn't get your messages right across to the audience, right? And there was this period of time where you know social media was still a new thing, and the government was like, "What the heck is this?" But now that they kind of figured it out, they are like passing laws to curb our freedom. Right with Pofma and whatnot, and you look at uh, what is happening with Terry Shi mm. Su. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah. All all these other people that have gotten involved. No, no I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's a small thing. I, I think you, you you're right on the dot when you we, we take in, we take issue with Pofma. Uh, the government PAP obviously sees the the political landscape changing with the advent of uh, social media. They've got to do something about it. So it's, it's a dynamic back and forth. We cannot let up on our side. We've got to call them out each and every single time when they tighten the noose around um, freedom of speech, at least on the, the internet. Um, they still, they, they haven't, of course, uh, right now have a mon- monopoly of the airwaves, if you will. And that is where that, that tussle comes in. All right. That the government will do what will bring all its, its its might and weight to bear on this front. And and we, with the limited resources that we have, uh, need to push back. I see us making gains. Us, I mean both uh, the political opposition and civil society. I see us making gains uh, in terms of being able to, uh, to make inroads, like, at least into the, the political uh, uh, conversation, dialogue. So in that sense, we should be encouraged and, and, and don't give up. Uh, now that the goal would be to widen. Every day I hear of people getting more enlightened and say, hey, look, it's affecting me and I, I do need to, to get in, involved in this, in this process. We do what we can. We do what we can and, uh, to make sure that more people come in. And I'm going to make this shameless plug for our pre-election rally. Oh, please do, please, uh, do, please, please do, please do, do it. <laughs> on the 19th of October, it's just you know a couple of uh, um, meters from here, and, and just to create events where Singaporeans can can and come down and take part, and not just just be aware like, that this so, society belongs to them. You see, not just you know just, not just the the click, uh, the small little click in, in the PAP, but society is ours, and we must take possession of it now. So 19th of October on at Hongling Park? At Hongling Park at 4pm, okay. that's when we start. And we're trying to make it uh, um, into a more fun kind of thing and it's not just some, just dry political stuff. So we're going to have live entertainment we've been going Is on Danny around. Democracy Bear He's going there. to be there. He, you know, <laughs> I, I make sure we're going to wake him up and say, hey, you know, um, bedtime is over. Come down to the park. And, and we're going to have uh, um, live entertainment. We're going to, and then, you know, we're going to try to cap it off with this mass display thing, which will necessitate the, the members of public getting involved, the crowd getting involved. And we want to create this huge, huge uh, um, energy and awareness that Singaporeans can participate in the legal, uh, the political process. Awesome. Can, can I, can I ask you a little bit more about SDP? Sure. So who, do you guys have a, a person in charge of the branding or the social media? Like, is there a person that's managing the look of your campaign? I will I'll ask you first, uh, uh, is that, is that positive or is that negative? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Who is. <laughs> no, I, I'm <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> I, I understand. You know, in, in the past, um, yeah. 
the public has a particular perception of you and I can see through as, as, as a person in the creative industry sure, I can sure. see uh, the SDP and yourself making very uh, an active attempt to mm. change the perception uh, sure. through social media through the videos you know I've, I've had many people coming and, and, and saying at least saying oh you know uh, Chi Sun Juan he's changed and I keep coming back to the same point no I have not changed the perception of me has changed and the perception that you had of me was one created by the PAP, SPH, Media Corp. If I had, if I had social media with me, say from day one, that I had, you know, uh, uh, the chance to be able to talk about what, my own thoughts about um, what I was, what I, I did and, and so on and so forth, I don't think this perception of me would have um, lasted. But it has, simply because it was just all one-way street. They, they said, they just gave a dog a bad name and, and, and hanged me, right? But have you changed though? I don't think it would be unfair to say that like going through all the things that you've gone through wouldn't have changed you. Yeah, I mean, in that sense that uh, again, you, 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 you change your tactics, mm-hmm. but fundamentally you don't change your person, right? Because if your person was not genuine, authentic in the first place. After some time, either you drop out of the scene because, you know, you just cannot, cannot handle the, the situation or you become the person that you, you don't even recognize in the mirror. But if you are that same person, then, of, you know, you have to change tactics as circumstances change. And, and one good example, again, as I said, uh, is the, the, the advent of the social media because what you did, we did before without social media is very different right now, isn't it? When you can communicate with uh, the rest of Singaporeans, you do it in a certain way. When you cannot, you have to do it in another way. And so, you know, I, I keep saying tactics change, um, but that person, that person must remain that one and the same. And for me, it's always been to want to not just bring democracy to Singapore, but have that, that, hum- have that humanity, for people who don't have that voice, who are not in that p- a position, uh, but who, who still need to, to we, we need to think of. And that, that fundamentally w- was with me right when I was talking about the days of the graduate mother scheme. And it's remained with me enough for more than, I think, 40 years by now, dating myself. But, you know, it's been, been quite a while. Dr. Chi, in this podcast, right, um, all of us um, have different political leanings and we come to loggerheads with each other quite quite often. Sometimes it can be, can be quite heated, okay? So I'm going to ask you a very pointed question sure. which pertains to argue that, uh, an argument that you know we, we argue about regarding democracy and its inherent stability. So right now, okay, imagine, sir, that you, the SDP has now a majority seat in the public. Uh, sorry, in the parliament. You are now a member of parliament, okay? You are, you are kind of the guys running the show. Right. So there are a number of SDB policies that I agree with, but there are also a number of SDB policies that I do not agree with. And I, Dan Wong, become an MP. And then I, I, <laughs> I, I come and find you, uh, Dr. Shi, like, this is not going to work, man. You need to sit down and talk, talk sure. over this mm. with me. Right. right. And then, and then it's not just me. There's John, there's Jerry. Everybody's going to come up to you and like, hey, man, hey, this is not working. Hey, man, you need to. So are you, how willing are you to sit down with everybody and discuss the pros and cons and sort that shit out? Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, sacrificing a huge uh, a number of your time, your, your resources and time with your family just to sort this out with us? Or will you look through like, you know, my porn history and then find something bad about me and then, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. MP Dan is no. a, is a, is a deviant. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but that's the beauty of democracy, isn't it? Even as you guys are sitting right now, 
uh, um, you know, having this, this argument about on policies. That is, uh, democracy. Democracy is just not something that's confined to when the speaker knocks his gavel and then, you know, calls the parliament to session and that's when democracy begins. No. It's all of us sitting there, um, sitting here on a Sunday morning having coffee, having chats at the Kopitiam, talking about I- issues that affect us. That's what democracy is all about and that's what is the buzz of society. Now, to answer your question in terms of, um, how within the, the the party in SDP we conduct our own political uh, process it's going on you know what you see up front is not something that i just got up this morning and thought hey this is a good idea right and then i come out and talk to you about it no it, 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 it for example just one thing the slogan for our next uh, our this coming election the way forward that wasn't my idea uh, I, i'd like to take credit for it but it wasn't it was through months of saying, hey, look, uh, um, you know, we got together meeting after meeting and our members sat and then they say, you know, this, that and the other and weigh out pros and cons. We wanted to be positive. We, we just don't want to go back into the years past and we just were very, you know, incriminating this, that and the other. We wanted to show the way forward and it gives Singaporeans that, that hope of, of, of a changed society and a better society. So somebody came up with it. And then, of course, this is just one aspect of it. Now, there were others, you know, how we do things and so on. And, and we, we, we sit, sit down and we think through ideas that, that are good, we take on board. But it necessitated that kind of, of a discussion and argument. And you can well imagine we've had like a whole slate of, of uh, policies, very substantive ones. Some you run to hundreds of, uh, uh, hundred over pages. It cannot be in on any one issue. All of us are on the same mind. I, I, I discourage that because we become more like the Nazi party than the Singapore Democratic Party. But it, it, the, the point is, is that it took a lot of discussion back and forth, heated arguments and even just shouting at each other. But in the end, we recognized that, you know, we needed to do this, go through this process because out from that came a product that we could all be very proud of, that we are hand, we had a hand in and we all belonged with. I suggest so for Dan Wong just character assassinate him. It's fine. <laughs> uh, everyone else, we can. We, we can, can take have, their ideas yeah. on board. Well, well yeah, Maybe yeah. That, that just just clues me in that if 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 Dan actually applied for membership, just we we'll put <laughs> yeah. an asterisk to it. Yeah, <laughs> like check his porn history. KIV, KIV. Yeah, KIV. But okay, so so on the topic of collaboration and listening to each other, right? Earlier this year, you were calling for the opposition's uh, parties to form an alliance with um, Dr. Tan Chingbok, uh, leading it. So. You know, like through all the years that I've been alive and paying attention to politics, you know, there's always been this call for opposition yeah. parties to come together and work together so That's that right. you don't, you don't like fuck each other up during elections, right? Because resources are limited and sometimes there are three-way fights where there should not be three-way fights and mm. uh, so on and so forth. What is so hard about getting people to come together to work together? Is it just ego or is it just differing poly- uh, differing ideas? Yeah, I, I, I really hate to admit this, but it really a lot of times is ego and I, I've written about this, so I cannot, you know, go back on it. And, and through the, um, years, it's just proven me to be correct. I don't say this lightly. And I don't say that I'm not guilty of it myself. But if you really look at it, what are we fighting for? Right? And that there's, the more we have in common than we have in, uh, uh, that we have different. And a lot of times in the, standing in the way are just differences in terms of, um, outlook, in terms of how we work and so on. And I can name you chapter and verse in terms of how, you know, all these 
well, parties have, have come up, split, uh, from, hey, I just don't think that, that what you do, how you do it, I, I agree with. So they leave and form their own party. And a lot of times they say, you know, I just want to have to do things my own way. And so, you know, it's easier if I form my own party. Look, I, I don't mean to cast aspersion on any one individual and any one political party. I take it to, upon myself. To it's say okay, that we, I'm will, still, we will cast the aspersions yeah, I'm, I'm for tr- you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cast I'm all tr- the aspersions for you. I, 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 I'll leave that to you. But I just want to, to be able to say, look, well, everyone's guilty, in, myself included. But I think there comes a time where we've got to arrest that problem and say, hey, look, enough is enough. Let's get smart about this. First step is to make sure that we all come together and make sure that there's no three-cornered fight. And credit to the opposition. As disparate as, as we are, we managed, and if you look at the records in the last two elections, that there were hardly any three-cornered fights. We managed mm. to sort this out, out amongst ourselves. But rather than just that, 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 that remain at the very low uh, baseline, I think we should reach out more in terms of just coming together and making sure that we offer, even if it's just a common platform, uh, to voters and say, hey, look, um, this is something that's hugely important to Singapore. Uh, and that's why maybe we should come together and, and, and be more coordinated and approach. We're trying to do this with, uh, you know, you mentioned Dr. Tan Cheng Bok and, but the rest of the parties as well, um, Workers' Party included, we continue to want to reach out to everybody and say as difficult as circumstances are as different as we are uh, we've got to put these aside and let, let's come together and you look at again it, this is not unique to singapore you look at what happened in, in uh, uh, malaysia in in, in uh, anywhere in south america europe and you you, you look at, at some of these situations it necessi- necessitated you know, people putting aside deep deep grievances for the common good, for the good of the nation. And I don't mean just very convenient putting aside and becoming strange bedfellows, but agreeing to know that what's important and let's work towards it in you, a genuine form. You mentioned to me uh, when we met earlier at, at a lunch that you, you met um, Lee Sin Young and had a very pleasant chat with him. Is Can we say this? Of course, of course. I mean, that's no secret. There was the online citizen and it was just... Uh, here only in the CBD area where, and, and I, 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 uh, you know, went, uh, bumped into him and, you know, when I walked in, he was there. And I must say that we had a very, uh, uh, pleasant conversation. Um, and, uh, it was, I just didn't, I just felt that we can have our differences in outlook, but we don't have to become and remain sworn mortal enemies. I think just life is too short for us to remain that kind of, uh, um, you know, deep-seated hatred towards each other. And I'll be very honest. I, look, I, I don't mean to, to be flippant or, or present myself in, in, in a goody two-shoes kind of way. No, but, you know, throughout my, my own whole political career, uh, um, my philosophy is, is that you have your differences deep as they are, but let that remain differences but at the end of the day that we can still shake hands and say not just we're fellow singaporeans but we're fellow human beings we want different things yes but which two people you name me even me and i we have our differences right but don't let those differences become make us hate each other become 
this is this poisonous thing that we have, and it doesn't help humanity. So if we can accept that fact, then I think a lot of us can just just move on in life and be cordial, be courteous to each other, acknowledge upfront that we have our differences, but we don't have to hate each other. And I, I come back to this. I I, I did have a very nice uh, um, interaction with with uh, Mr. Lee Shenyang. Do you find that we have, like a lot of us, have forgotten that, you know, arguments or adversarial type of arguments is not, it was never meant to be, you know, like a, like a hate based or like a ego based sort of thing. Like it, it was really meant to be, well, let's present some extremes or some version of the truth and then let's get to somewhere to the middle where we can actually find the truth, where mm. we can actually mm. find out, okay, let's, what what is the best way forward? Like I think if it, it feels like a lot of people have forgotten it, and it's just easier for us to say, "Well, let someone else have the answer," or "I have all the answers." Yeah, that that is an attitude, unfortunately, that that many politicians adopt, like, and that you know, I my party is the no. Uh, we've always present ourselves up that look, you don't have the monopoly of the truth on the truth, and that's where I suppose my academic training came uh, comes in you know when, when you're doing your academic work you always know to find out there are more questions than there are answers isn't it all right but then over you know in the political arena we always it's always the other way around hey my answer is the only answer and that kind of thing and there, it's the, an inability to accept that there is a diversity not in just views but that the, the truth is elusive and that we've always uh, uh, um, got to try to to approximate or at least you know continue to pursue truth that humbles us and makes us think that no look we don't have you know the monopoly of ideas and that's why we must be more inclusive but isn't that like a thing that politicians need to have the answers because people maybe we shouldn't be doing that and i would say that it's probably a really dumb idea to do so but a lot of people look to politicians for answers right like they need to be convincing yeah. i i stand by this thing and i i will stand by it even though it's wrong because i have i'm a man of conviction or a woman of conviction yeah. so yeah. so i think it becomes hard for people to to have that sort of a searching for the truth type of yes yes that, that's why that that um, whole process of getting at uh, the the answer, and I say this answer, and I put it in, in, in quotations mark, in that um, when we try to, to, to answer these questions, it's important that we listen to as many diverse uh, um, opinions, views as we possibly can. One, one concrete example would be this whole idea about, hey, you know, our, our total, total fertility rate, birth rate, it is not even up for discussion, it's not even close. We just registered the lowest birth rate in our nation's history, and it's one of the lowest, just you know, in, in the world. Then you ask your question, why is it so low? That people keep coming repeatedly and saying it's the cost of living, right? <laughs> you were literally just talking about it just now. Yeah, I, and you have no money to have a kid. I want to, but there's no money to have a kid. Exactly, <laughs> and then you know, you you. I was at Raffles Place selling my books a few years ago. And then there was this booth at, well, you know, the, the, I don't know which ministry was doing it. And then they called people, you know, and these were all working people and say, hey, uh, um, birth rate is so low. So what, what, what's your, your idea? What do you think is a problem? And I was there and I was listening and it was the cost of living. It's, it's your, your childcare centers are so expensive, this and that. But then it doesn't, then the government then doesn't listen to this and it continues to they increase the cost like of They give you like paltry sums of money to try to offset. Yeah. And, and this is where I, I think the problem, and then they keep saying, oh, our idea is the right one. But, 
to come to to your uh, to answer your question, it's that kind of process. We don't just sit up on on high and say, "Hey, let's theorize that this is the problem and then make it into a fact and then become policy and then a slogan." No, uh, we try to take in as many, and we've heard all these people can we can't. Uh, we've gone out, you know, when we go to house visits, we go to walkabouts, we ask people, hey, what's your view on this question? And it's been through years that we begin to, to then put all these together and say, hey, look, this is is what, what we should do. But coming back to the point that what you, you mentioned a little while ago about either being personal and, and, and so on and so forth. You know, unfortunately in Singapore here, the, the, the PAP sometimes to get away, not sometimes, I would say, the majority of the times when they try to get away from discussing policies. The best way to distract the voters' attention is to nail their opponent on a personal basis. The character, assassination, that kind of thing. And so you see that, that election in, election out, they don't want to talk about these policies. They want to call names. They want to say you are uh, whatever that the, 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 the most evil person on, on this earth. And this is where I do ask uh, Singaporeans to pay a little bit more attention because every time that they do and they give us only nine days to campaign, they start this on day one. By the time they're done with you, it's already day five. What else do you have? You have cooling off day and then so on and so forth and then you, you find yourself having to answer them and then you get sidetracked and then in the end, cost of living issue not addressed, foreign PMETs uh, uh, issues not addressed, housing aff- uh, affordability not addressed, CPF, the fact that older uh, retirees now cannot uh, don't have enough CPF uh, uh, savings because it's all being retained. All these are not discussed. And then nine days, voting comes, issue over, they continue on the old merry way again. Do you feel like Singaporeans have wisened up to this? Because they've been doing this for years and years and years. Yeah, and now I pattern. think like we've got maybe a little bit more brains, yeah. hopefully. I, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think Why so. are you like that, Jerry? No, no. <laughs> Why do you not have like you, expectations you, and see, hope for we, Singaporeans? We have all these, we have all these complaints that we have had for years and years, and then when the election comes around, like what Doctor Chi has said, in that ten days they rile you up so much, you forget about everything, you cast your vote, and then it's over. Does Does anybody have any last pressing questions to ask Doctor Chi? Oh, me, Chi? me. My question is very important. So I, I'm sitting like right opposite, right next to Dr. Chi actually, and I'm looking at his incredibly ripped uh, <laughs> arms. Oh my God. And you know, there's this, there's this article online uh, written in 2018 by Alvinology. Have you seen Dr. Chi's Sun Juan's amazingly ripped body? <laughs> so since, since 1994, right, you've written and published nine books. You take part in triathlons. Where do you find time? I mean, you, you do your walkabouts. You have like meetings all day, uh, I'm sure. And you go to conferences and you go overseas and give speeches. Where do you find time? How, how does your typical day look like, actually? You've got to make up in your mind already. This is by triathlon, a, a, a marathon. I don't mean just in the, the, the sporting arena, in the political scene as well. It's a whole long drawn up process. Like, and, and one way that you've got to realize is that your physical health is just as important as your mental health. And at least for me, I just find out, I find it like getting out into the, the open and, and making sure that you keep fit. That's very important as well. I, I, I don't want to pontificate. I, you know, I don't want to like, you know, sermonize that kind of thing, but it, it, it's very important like, to make sure that the quality of life is important. So in terms of, of, of time, um, don't take it that when you go out and you, you, you do your exercises, you, you do your workouts, that it's a, a luxury. 
that say, hey, if I don't have time, then I'll put that aside. Build it into your program. And it's just important as any meeting that you have, as any uh, conference that you may attend. And then you find that that, you know, after a little while, it becomes part of your, your life, your routine. And you find that you, you're, you're better off for it because you're just much more able to handle the stresses in life. And I can tell you in modern society, you, you I think you, you all know as well, our, our, our teenagers, sometimes they find it unable to, to, to cope. And then they look for, for things just to, to, to escape a little while. Get a hold of it. And then I can tell you that's a lot more, there's a lot to be said about keeping ourselves, our, our, our physical bodies. And by that, I mean also then, then making sure that, you know, um, eat right. But I, I don't want to sound like a parent that knows. This is the last <laughs> thing I, do. I don't think you guys are up for it. But this is me. Uh, that, okay. That's how I, that's true, I agree. I agree. What, we have to take care of our bodies. Question. What time do you wake up every day and what time do you go to sleep? Oh, that, that's, um, there, there are times when, uh, you know, uh, things pile up and I, find myself is one or two in the morning still uh, I'm sitting in front of the computer uh, either doing what I'm doing answering ma- emails and, and getting to messages and, and on those times I, I do try to put in that little bit more sleep uh, and try to wake up just a little later by later I mean I just if, if you're, you're after a certain routine even if you wanted to you cannot wake up beyond that time I think you you, re- you found that out yourself so by Later, seven plus eight o'clock, I'm up already, <gasps> and then that kind of situation. <laughs> I know it's it's a luxury for many of you, but you know I, I try to to you know go to bed earlier, and 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 so your your best time of your quality sleep is is earlier than that. And then I send them up, you know, six plus seven o'clock, and then just making sure that you know that that you 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 keep that that routine up. Otherwise, it's going to be. It does affect your, you know, it's a knock-on effect as well. Right? Yeah, I definitely knocked on on these three jokers. <laughs> Somehow your aura has affected them so that they can wake up. You know, we were morning. so afraid that we were going to be late or not wake up in time that we were like, can you, can John please give us all a morning call? And then I set like multiple alarms. <laughs> you know, I got my dad to knock on my I door. I still slept at three. <laughs> I said, <laughs> you know, exceptions are, are, are Sunday mornings and that's why I'm so, so sorry that <laughs> I did. Cool, but, you know, it, the, the thing is that, you know, in this, area here um sunday mornings are the best time to to come up when it's so quiet and it's it's uh, mm. in fact a joy to at least walk around the streets here when you don't have so much of a crowd true all right do we have a magical moment then yes so dr chi you know every organization or group or community has its own rituals you know that you know that, that community adheres by <laughs> I'm almost afraid to ask what it is. Must preamble first, yeah. So, (laughs) on this podcast, we have this an event called Dance Magical Moments, where I present almost ludicrous hypothetical to all four, all five of us now, (laughs) and then we all have to answer in turn honestly. Uh, Are are you ready for this? (laughs) I think. (laughs) Okay, so now all of us. Okay, imagine a scenario where. Okay, all of us are leading a political party, mm. and because of the elections, you have gotten seats in the political party. Okay, mm. quite quite a large majority, quite a, quite, a, quite a large number, not a majority. Of course, the PAP is still in power, mm. right? Uh, the Workers Party is still there, right? On on the in the parliament, and you know what the government does, or what what uh, the culture of PAP is like? They have these working lunches. Okay, so now, okay, Lee Sien Long has invited all of you to a working lunch. Okay, to discuss policies, to talk about certain, you know, administrative things, okay? So they come in, you know, he's, he's serving brown rice because he likes brown rice, right? And then there's dishes all over How the How do table. you know that? No, this, this is an article. This is an article, oh, okay. yeah, this is an article, yeah. So, 
So Lee Hsien Long, you know, because he's he's the host of this particular gathering, right? He's the one doling out the dishes. Like, I mean, this 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 like you know like a, a administrative thing. You are there. There's no servants or anything. He just doles out the dishes. But you know that previously he went into the toilet, right? And then when he came out, right? His hands are a a dirty brown. <laughs> With, with unknown substances, could be fecal matter, could be who knows, okay? But but he hasn't spotted it. I mean, all all humans, you know, make mistakes. No worries, okay? And he's dishing out the food and he's putting it on your plate and he's serving it to all his fellow ministers, not just to you but to everybody because he's not aware, sure. okay? And then he's like talking about a very serious policies on the table or housing or you know like a, a birth rate or, or whatever. Okay, this, this is a very serious meeting as as the food is being doled out. Okay, now what will you do? Why are you trying to get Dr. Chi arrested again? We think that Dan Wong should be arrested, okay, by the way. <laughs> Not Dr. Chi. I, I, I will go last. So okay. you, you guys okay, are... Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, I will go first because I, I, I'm... I want I I I read the mood of the room and I see that it's kind of a serious thing, but I don't want to draw attention to the to the poop on his hands or in in the food. What I'll do is that I will still partake in this in the discussion, not bring it up, but also not eat the food. How about that? That's such a cop out. Hey, I want to preserve the harmony of the situation. This is what Asians do, Angie. Okay. <laughs> but it is very impolite, isn't it, not to accept the food of your host? So yeah, that's true too. I don't know. I'll take this opportunity to stand up. Hey, Mr. Poopy Hands! <laughs> you lie, you won't do that! <laughs> no, I won't, but this is Dan's magical moment. <laughs> what I'll do, I think I will eat the food and then hope that I get food poisoning. <laughs> Shit, you'll martyr yourself. Yes. And, blame, and then I'll die the on that mountain uh, and, and I'll be like, oh, I think, I, I don't know, like, if there was poison in the food. <laughs> I would eat like just a bit of it and like nah, I don't have appetite you know it's not you know I don't know work is more important yeah work is more important yeah. I didn't sleep last night so that's a very Jerry answer yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, only John has the disagreeable so you would actually actually actively stand up and call people out lah. Mr. Uh, Poopy depends on depends on how much of a opposition I am but uh, I mean if you were civil I'll just like Walk up to him, just whisper in his ear, hey, I think you got poop in your hands, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but if, let's say, it was truly adversarial and uh, Mr. Lee is trying to actively destroy my career and and maybe call me names in the newspaper before, maybe say, wow, look at those long beans for legs, then um, I'll just be up there, hey, Mr. Poopy Hands, what's, how, how's it going, sir? Maybe you should take a video of it. Then you can upload to social media. Be like, hey, he doesn't wash his hands, you know, you guys. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm trying to think of a witty answer, but this overactive imagination of yours and bring up this scenario is overwhelming me. And just a very, you know, you think about it, just a very thought of it, that scene is so incredible that it just, you know. But I suppose, you know, one thing that we, I, I think is the best way to do it was just, was just be to, uh, I'll lean over to uh, uh, Madam Ho Ching lah who's beside me and whisper into her ear and and I think she's uh, going to be the most effective person to ah. ah right to be able to tell him because she's very involved in a lot of matters and this one very that's personal that's why we are all not in politics yeah, <laughs> yeah, say that. clearly there's only one adult yeah. in this room 
But we have to underline this is a hypothetical situation. This is only oh, a hypothetical God. situation. Mr. Lee said, no, I'm pretty sure does not have poop on his hands when he serves his guests. Okay, it's just a hypothetical. Okay, now I must congratulate you on a very elegant solution. Well done. Wow. <laughs> I am so mind blown, you know, you guys. Yeah. Like, wow. Damn. Okay, I think with that we shall conclude yeah. uh, this episode of how, the Long Kang How about before before we we we, we knock off, uh, Doctor Chi, is there anything you want to tell the audiences in regards to yeah your rally or is there any news that you want to you know share the audiences? Yeah, just just to tell everybody yeah, this nineteenth October is is a hugely important occasion, uh, and those just don't remain at home and and look at our uh, um whatever you know we get on online after the event. It's very important that they come physically, come and participate on that on that occasion itself on the nineteenth. Wear red. Let's let's paint the whole uh, Hongnam Park red, and just begin to awaken uh, uh, um, this nation and saying. And then it's a prelude to our GE campaign. So I'm just hoping everybody will will, will show up. Having said that, I thoroughly enjoyed this this session, and just so glad that there are. Uh, Singaporeans, I'm I'm not kidding when I, I you know you know you guys are very unique in that sense of not just wanting to talk about this uh, um, poopy hands, uh, uh, <laughs> you, you know, that, that, these political issues, but really ha- just being very witty and and I you know just being so humorous about it. I I thoroughly enjoyed this, so thank you for thank for you so much for coming on, uh, Doctor mm. Chi. Thank you very much. Thank you so uh, much. We will put a link down to your event uh, when we post our podcast. So listeners, please look out for it and please attend it in red. It's on the eighteenth of nineteenth of October. I'll edit that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.